Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here, just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly, that's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with monkey tennis. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And this is the beauty of podcasting, the freedom of the medium. Gokumpa. Monkey tennis. Bring, bring. Fireworks. Don't about. Trees are my pawn. Monkey tennis. Ready, steady, fuck off. Scratch me. Are you being served? Monkey tennis. Excuse me, your dog's taking my dog's stick. With a chuckle, with a chuckle. Monkey tennis. Yep, absolutely. Yep, 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 absolutely. Generally, I think new ideas are bad. Monkey tennis. Why not consider chips? You must come and stay in the barn. Fuck off. Riddle me that, you nutters. Nothing refreshes like an ice-cold glass of milk. Nah. Monkey tennis. From the host house. Keep it down, love. Hi gang, and a very relaxed welcome to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast. I'm Adam Brooks, and I'm joined by Tom Dark. Turn off, wise up, muddle through. Nick Older. It's not as if he's being cuckolded, he's being magpied. And Tom Stab. Amen, you fucking dick. <laughs> so, uh, yes, we're going to be tackling episodes 16 and 17, uh, the first of which is, sees Alan visiting a spa. But before we get to that, we've got a couple of weeks of this series left. And uh, those of you that listen to our This Time episodes will know that we uh, asked you, the dear listener, to uh, recreate some of your favourite moments of that series and send through the audio to us so we could do something a little bit special. Uh, so we're going to do something very similar. What we'd like is for you guys to send us uh, you doing renditions of the Oast House theme tune uh, there's been lots of feedback online that uh, alan's theme for the podcast series is one of the uh, most notorious earworms of 2020 so <laughs> if you'd like to sing a bit or perhaps all of the theme and send it over to us you can do uh, we recommend you e do it in one of two ways either you send it to us as a voice note on whatsapp to the monkey tennis hotline which is 07923 or you save your file and email it to us at the partridge pod at gmail.com over the coming weeks we will hopefully compile a few of them and put them into some kind of uh, magical medley for the end of the series so thanks in advance to all of you for sending us your oast house themes so <laughs> is it fair to say that we're going to massively regret asking for this <laughs> it's going to be an audio car crash isn't it oh absolutely That's also what, what i would what i would say to people is if you could record it a cappella, that would be good because um with the audio bed i think we're we're going not being able to kind of separate the audio from uh, from alan singing and not just having the bass like we did for um this time or for uh, the black beauty theme tune for example please submit your renditions a cappella so uh, on to today's first episode which is spa uh, alan coming live from a spa um, i noticed with this one he basically it's, 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 i think it's a cold open again he basically yep. goes he goes into the theme without even making a joke doesn't he 
<laughs> like there's no laughs to be had before the theme kicks in really but the, i guess the only thing that kind of happens is he he doesn't even get to properly say where he is because he's halfway through saying the word spa and he gets interrupted and says good morning so it's kind of it's a deliberately slightly obtuse introduction yeah, a bit of a bit of a damp squib of a start, I thought, episode yeah. sixteen. Um coming out the back of the theme, uh he talks about how much he likes the scent of lemon or grass or lemongrass, which of course are all completely different from one another. So he's pa- he's padding around in his complimentary robe and slippers with a rolled up towel. Now he Please. says that it, 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 it doesn't come cheap, this uh this spa break. Um so I had a look at the highest rated spa in Norfolk on uh on TripAdvisor. Uh, it's a place called Congham Hall Hotel and Spa. You feel Alan would probably go to a place where it was probably reviewed on TripAdvisor. He's, he's been very vocal in the past on his um, his preference for finding reviews on TripAdvisor. So he'd probably go to the best one listed there. And uh, the uh, price per person for uh, the essential relaxation package there is £385 for two nights. And the ultimate escape break for three nights is £561. So if Alan is going there, he's right. It does not come cheap. No, that is quite premium. Although you've got to imagine that he's emailed them in advance to try and negotiate a celebrity discount of some kind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's probably used all his money from the Norfolk uh, Milk Marketing Board to, to do that yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I enjoyed that while he's talking about how free the spa is and that it's not full of rules like a municipal pool he gets told to be quiet because he's breaking a rule about, 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 about being noisy yeah and as well it's interesting that he's basically slagging off municipal baths although we've seen Alan use public swimming pools quite a few times in recent years so you yeah. can't really have that much of an issue with it uh, I think his preference for spa seems to be that if you're quick enough, you can even have it off in the steam room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that there's no sign that you can't bomb in the pool. <laughs> yeah, very much taking the absence of a no bombing sign at a luxury spa to mean that bombing is encouraged. <laughs> Did you guys uh, list uh, the reasons what, uh, why Alan chooses to do a bomb? Uh, I've got one. It's to blow away the cobwebs. Yeah, so it's basically, it, it's a relaxation technique for him, um, so it helps him deal with anxieties around niggling relationship worries, professional poverty, and loneliness. So, quick bomb <laughs> into the pool, that's all going to go away. It's all, it's all gone. It's all gone. Yeah. Uh, I also enjoyed the fact that Alan describes one of his favourite areas of the spa. Remember, his favourite area of the spa, the sitting area. <laughs> which is just sitting on some wicker chairs reading a magazine yeah oh that was it yeah he said it doesn't get much better than reading a magazine about other better places to go on holiday (laughs) while you're in a spa um there's a a fun little joke as well where he's talking about the uh, the relaxing whale song being played in the spa goes into some detail about how it's actually usually just humpback or blue whales that make that noise and then nope beg your pardon it turns out it's actually bjork which i thought was good because uh, bjork and alan have previous because they appeared together on comic relief that time didn't they oh yeah that line I, did make that line did make me laugh. It yeah. was very good. I thought. Oh, actually, no, sorry. I believe it's it's Bjork and Tony Farino, wasn't it? It was another one of Coogan's characters. Yeah. I think. Ah, but, right. Yeah, but still. Are we at the point where a female patron has the misfortune of dropping a key card in front of Alan, um, which in and of itself should be, you know, a pretty much um, uneventful uh, moment, but. Uh, he, he makes it peak awkwardness by saying that she shouldn't have to bend over and that uh, Alan could get it. So instead of doing the right thing and being, you know, chivalrous, he, he makes it awkward. Um, and yeah, it, and it's an unpleasant moment. The, the, the actual line is, you don't want to be bending over when the robes are this short with a chap behind you. <laughs> so also the point is, Alan could move and not be standing behind her at that point as well. Uh, and it equally, could save her if, dignity. if Alan's robe is of an equal length, then surely she's about to get an eyeful of, uh, <laughs> yes, of Nick's perineum that, and scrotum from Alan. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alan's got a little restaurant review here, hasn't he? Uh, he does, does a kind of a, an occasional restaurant review in the pod. Uh, he went to an Italian restaurant where he ate spaghetti and meatballs and cheesy garlic bread. So very gourmet. Um, I liked his scoring system here. He said it, he scored it five in all categories apart from toilets. One, which stank of stale piss. At no point does he actually explain if the marks are out of five either so i'm not quite sure if this is a glowing review or an average one so uh alan's eating at casa vicea in heatherset which uh according to google translate literally means old house um again i took to TripAdvisor. there are 12 casa vicea's restaurants around the world ranging from exotic locations such as croatia nicaragua ecuador Cannes, campania perugia Brittany, brazil and Royal Tunbridge Wells. <laughs> Does that mean the one he went to is real? 
No, surely no, not. What's, what's, no. The na- what's the name of the town where that where the one he Heatherset? Oh, right. right. There is yeah. no Casa Vichea in Heatherset. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think they could put in a real restaurant into this podcast and then give it one out of five for toilets being an absolute disgrace because they stink of stale piss. <laughs> sort, uh... sort those and they'll be on to a winner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is it time for the big Alan versus Eamon Holmes banter off? Um, yeah, well, just before that, you've got the bit about um, Alan just basically enjoying the fact he's not wearing pants in the, in the spa. Uh, and that the options around that are you could cross your legs or just go and get get pants from your room. Um, and he also says that he, he likes to use the spa to open his mind like uh, a Vicks nasal spray opens up your airways. I think Alan not wearing pants is actually quite Disturbing. a recurring theme in this podcast, isn't it? There yeah. are a few different iterations of that. So Alan is at a product launch for Massey Ferguson, um, who are obviously big in the farm world. Um, so he's at a product launch... And he's co-presenting with Eamon Holmes. Now, he has talked about co-presenting um, in previous episodes of, uh, of The Oast House. And I thought it was interesting that uh, he chose kind of Eamon Holmes. Um, it got off to a good start, but unfortunately, Aim has basically come out and absolutely ribbed him and <laughs> thrown him to the wolves. Uh, and normally that would be fine. But basically, because Alan hasn't been pre-warned of banter, he's unable to kind of respond in the moment. And as a result, has uh, fallen foul of Eamon's humour. I just want to go back slightly when Alan's talking about basically asking Eamon if he wants to co-host this with him, uh, that he says Eamon Holmes jumped or nodded at the chance. So the indication, <laughs> obviously, big aim is too big to jump. That's good. I like that this misunderstanding or, or this kind of banter off problem that they have, it's sort of uh, indicative of a lot of co-presenting opportunities in the real world outside the APU, where either you've got two people presenting together, they either kind of do a sort of, uh, you know, you're my mate, you know, very respectful, like talking each other up kind of thing. Or they do a sort of, I guess, like a kind of a George Clooney, Brad Pitt thing where they're basically just taking the piss out of each other, but in a lighthearted way. And this is a rare example with Alan and Eamon, where one of them's gone for the latter and the other one's gone for the former and neither of them has, has warned the other. So it's very like, there's a lot of discord here. I liked also Alan's uh, examples of the banter that he would give to Eamon, given the opportunity, that he'd introduce him with lines including, look what the cat dragged in, and my particular favourite, here he is, hide your sandwiches. (laughs) That's brilliant. So Alan puts two and two together and gets five, thinking that Eamon Holmes is high noon. Uh, He held him against the wall by some of his throat. I thought that was a brilliant line about about Eamon's, uh, Eamon's pudginess. I did like the description of uh, Eamon where Alan says he can fly off the handle if he needs yeah. a nap or thinks you're about to touch his hair. <laughs> uh, and also, Eamon had borrowed Alan's classic MGB but returned it with crisp crumbs all over the seat. I really, I really like those sort of details in the story. <laughs> Eamon's getting an absolute pounding here. Yep. Do we reckon this is very much a kind of uh, Alan yes, Coogan no sort of situation where he doesn't Ooh. actually like Eamon Holmes or they do have a bit of a sort of... I don't know. It seems funny that he does absolutely destroy him, like quite rigorously and frequently in the APU. It's I've interesting, got, is that, isn't it? Yeah. I can't imagine them being mates, but also, like, is Coogan maybe going a little bit far with this? I don't know. But, because well, no, like further, Oddie, no further than he did with Edmonds. No, that's true. Or Hammond. That's the interesting thing. Like, so, so Bill Oddie is, has obviously like quite famously commented on the fact that he's a bit of a bit player in the in the APU. I haven't, not to my knowledge, I don't know whether Eamon Holmes has ever acknowledged it. So it'd be quite interesting to uh, to know kind of what he makes of it, whether he's baffled by it or kind of flattered by it, just because there's, a, in a way, there's almost like a, there's almost like a weird compliment to being one of the real-life mm. celebs that features in the APU, because it does mean, to, to a certain extent, you must be kind of entrenched in kind of like British life and British culture to get mm-hmm. those mentions. But obviously, yeah, they're absolutely they're being absolutely savage to him every time. I think that the Bill Oddie, though, the Bill Oddie example is one where you probably wouldn't have really requested any form of permission because it is such a throwaway comment and in no way is it really derogatory upon his character. But as Alan has developed as a character, this this trope of mm. kind of building up or kind of ulterior personalities or, or sorry, alternative yeah. personas for these people, I can't believe there wouldn't be some level of engagement with people where you'd say you know are you comfortable if we kind of do this and it's all in good humor and they can obviously see it for what it is but i'd be surprised if there wasn't some level of uh, engagement hmm, I, I don't know it's weird because i mean i i don't know 
I don't. I wouldn't imagine you would have to ask for permission because obviously no. it's a work of fiction. And I think did we not talk about this on an episode before? That I think the the Gibbons brothers' view on this is kind of like if in the real world you complain about a fictionalized version of yourself in Alan Partridge fiction, like you're going to be the one that ends up looking like a dick because. Yep like you're you're worried by how it reflects on you anyway so you kind of can't win i don't think they've asked for permission i think that i think that this is just a bit of a cheeky thing that they can think they can get away with because when you look at people who are actually appeared as themselves in the apu like monty don and um and emily mate this their treatment was much much softer touch than than this going in on eamon holmes and so i think to be in on the joke they would almost have to pull some punches and I really don't think they are here. So I think, I think Eamon's on the outside of this joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like that Alan says that a children, I think, I, I think personally, I took this as a thinly veiled dig at David Walliams when yes. Alan says that uh, a children's book is the easiest way to make a lot of money without doing much work. Yeah. I, that that's what that's that was my guess as well. That's a yeah. mistake, or or at least at the kind of the kind of recent trend of celebrities with yeah. no history in illustration <clears throat> or book writing, basically yeah. coming up with a, a story for children's book. Because I suppose really with a lot of children's books, the skill is with the illustration, isn't it? The story is effectively about eighty words per book. <laughs> yeah, there's but not much think- narrative. There's not much kind of narrative to them, and um, I'd say Alan's uh, example is no exception with a Scottish Jack Russell called Jock, who's brilliant at judo. Jock there is a, Russell. There, there is a difference though between what Adam is saying, uh, like a, an eighty-page, like three to five-year-old, six-year-old picture book, and what Walliams does, which is actually yeah. like full novel. Right, they okay. are novels for a slightly older age group, aren't they? Yeah, 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 exactly. So there is a slight difference there, but this, I think the point that alan is making i don't think it's necessary i think it it's basically i think the foot the latter of what you guys said which is just a dig at generally people the, the trend of people uh celebrities bringing out children's books like i could go onto amazon now and go to the biggest selling children's books and i reckon there's going to be at least two or three celebrities in there who have for some reason got commissioned to mm. to write children's books but i think but I it's just that, a, a general dig at the trend rather than a specific one yeah. at walliams because I, I guess that's the, that's exactly the thing it's like it's 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 banking on the brand of the celebrity name so mm. it doesn't really matter what the quality of the story is if, if, also, it's, if I, it's a name that a parent knows i think if if coogan wanted to have a go at walliams he would mention walliams specifically because I, I they must be mates their paths must have crossed numerous times over the last 20 odd years or so so i wonder if they're mates so Alan decides that he wants to disconnect from all things digital and do analog things. So uh, he puts his phone in his safe, and I like this detail. He gives away his passcode. He just goes, put it in the safe, passcode, and he says passcode, year of my birth. <laughs> so he's immediately given away the code to his safe. Uh, and also the location of the safe, and that he doesn't lock oh, the yeah. French doors to his bedroom either. <laughs> Which is such yes. a great payoff when you think of all the other times in the series when he's bleeped out where the spare keys are, uh, he won't let taxi mm. drivers drop him at the door. <laughs> Very good. And then he's actually given it all away like that brilliant oh, and did anybody note the examples of analog things that alan does um yeah i know one of them was making toast which very much requires electricity <laughs> at least making toast drinking tea running dancing and having a picnic on his own in the garden uh yes and as he says even nasa can't make a leaf um and then he, <laughs> he was just busy marveling at a leaf and then just said out loud there's loads of these <laughs> which i thought was quite a nice touch in this section when he's go- going off on quite a tangent about uh the leaf as well um just just a note here his neighbor he he refers to his neighbor called paul now i i realize at this point is it me or is every bit part male in this series suddenly called paul yes so you've got paul the neighbor there is uh the is it a bank manager later is also called paul yeah and paul that delivers the eggs and butter Ah, and I think spot. there's been a fourth as well, actually. Um, there, well, there's definitely three within the space of like two episodes, and I, I wonder if that's, if that's very deliberately a joke to see whether people notice, uh, whether it's purely coincidence and just bad episode ordering, or is the joke actually that Alan can't actually remember anyone's names? So for the purpose of this, <laughs> everyone's called Paul. I don't know, but it is quite interesting that I, I it occurred to me whilst I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> Yeah, you would expect there to be a joke woven in at some point where he says, you know, I, I'm very busy and I can't be bothered to learn everyone's names. So if, if in doubt, you can usually say Paul and they'll just let yeah. it go, you know, something like that. <laughs> but no, no, no clue. Um, do we, we're on to his adaptation of the popular phrase, turn on, tune in, drop out. 
which is Alan's, in this case, uh, leaving digital things behind, is turn off, wise up, muddle through, which is so good. <laughs> I really like. Inspirational. Um, I also really enjoyed his tale of being in the uh, jacuzzi at the spa uh, and doing something that I'm sure we've all done at one point or another, accidentally touching another man's leg under the bubble, bubbly waters. <laughs> yeah. um, but the man smiled back, which was a step too far for Alan, who then panicked, referred to his wife four times in a row and then escaped. <laughs> escaped. <laughs> so quickly, a quick question to the group. Uh, Alan's obviously talking about his, uh, his perfect day. What is your perfect day? We'll start with Adam. Oh, uh, that's a tricky one. To tie it down to one day, maybe some sort of long bike ride in the countryside, perforated by a pub lunch, uh, ending with some kind of uh, box set marathon in front of a roaring fire. I'll take Sounds that. Sounds lovely. Nick? Uh, mine would be I've won £1,000 <laughs> on the scratch card. Um, I go into the Sonos store and Kate Winslet is in there. Um, she's separated from her partner. She's also buying Sonos. And she says, do you want to talk about Sonos in the pub? And I say yes. And then we just go and talk about Sonos in the pub. Uh, top what tip I'd... for you, you could say to her, I've got a sound bar for you. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I like about that story, Nick, is that the specifics of winning a thousand pounds on the scratch card. You can win any amount if you want. You can win two hundred fifty thousand pounds, but no, you've just got just thousand pounds. Dare to dream. Uh, and Tom, uh, well, I, I was quite taken with uh, Alan having a spa day. I think I'd quite like to start my day perhaps with a um, at a spa for the morning. Uh, you know, having a swim, sauna, follow over massage, and then basically as long as. As long as it's a nice sunny day with a light breeze, perhaps temperature of around 26, 27 degrees. Um, oh, you know, just then just chill out with some mates, uh, perhaps go to a pub that's playing crucially good music. Um, no idiots around. Uh, and then then maybe just, you know, a <laughs> few pints, go for a curry. Bliss. Keep your yeah, head down. Stay out of trouble. Stay out of trouble. <laughs> Uh, so there's a lovely advert here where Alan is basically discouraging visitors to Norfolk from using public transport because it takes ages. Uh, I quite, I actually thought he had quite a compelling tagline for uh, for the end of this ad where he says, choose the people you travel with, yeah. cars, which is great. The way to enjoy Norfolk. I like that he described himself as the car laureate as yes. well. <laughs> yeah. It also reminded me of some chat that we've had off pod in the past where uh, some of us are advocates of Uber pool and the rest of us refer to it as the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of very much advocate uh, for Uber pool to come back as and when it's safe to do so. But uh, I, I miss basically saving money on my taxi journeys it's not for me um do you think alan <laughs> is it a safe assumption alan is a self is the self-appointed car laureate or is this some kind of norfolk yes. tourist board <laughs> appointment that they've christened him with no he'd definitely shout about it if that was the case it's definitely self-appointed <laughs> there's a nice domingo in little oakley <laughs> yes. moment here um where he's chatting to uh, a man called stephen bovis uh irrelevant information but he's eating melon with a fork um <laughs> But crucially, uh, he didn't want to talk on mic because he's here with another woman that isn't his wife. Yeah. So <laughs> that game has very much been given away. Yeah. Uh, we found out that staff are refusing to let Alan into the flotation tank, so he's forced to create a salty bath slash flotation tank himself uh, with uh, a lot of salt and his room at the he's spa. Paid the, he's paid the kitchen £40 for a massive bag of salt. <laughs> Um, and he, he talks a lot about how he likes his thoughts to be free range rather than battery. So he uh, he basically lies down in this bath and then just lets his mind wander. And I guess this is essentially Alan's take on meditation, isn't it? It follows the same principles as meditation, but his thoughts follow very different paths to probably what you're supposed yeah. to. Um, I've got them in bullet point form here, if that's useful. Yeah, uh, go through them. The first of his relaxed meditative thoughts is better insure the car uh, followed by what's for lunch followed by must call bill oddy followed by i can't see the inside of my eyelids followed by knees are cold followed by bum is warm hot actually followed by if i get a heat rash i'll have to cancel the massage followed by that'll do you can think too much <laughs> i do like that he asks how hot can a bum be <laughs> i think there's one that you missed out as well he says uh, after uh, at the end of that he says uh, oh that's what i'll have for lunch chicken chicken <laughs> yeah before he launches well before we get that kind of running monologue of his thoughts um he says that um creating his own flotation tank a salty bath of the lights out he says it's like being in the dead sea but not surrounded by those annoying people now i thought that was quite a key line the way alan often describes 
essentially the general public. It's it's in terms of those people, these people, those annoying people. Mm. It reminds me a bit of when he uh, he takes the imaginary visit to Chris Rear's barbecue in I'm Alan Partridge. He says, come on, Lynn, let's leave. These people are starting to annoy me, even though it's something that's all played out in his mind. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, it's just... It's just- others isn't it it's just generic yes. others yeah these um, people. and also probably worth mentioning a welcome return of thoughts spinning around like trainers in a washing machine in this section as well oh yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. a nice nice little payback um, uh is it time to move on to um uh, ken Twins- minsk yeah ken minsk <laughs> I, I don't know about you but i didn't see where ken minsk day was uh, was going it starts off incredibly uh, innocently perhaps we can split it into two so i'll start with how um ken's perfect day goes so he picks a point on the map um although crucially anywhere as long as it's in the home counties uh, then he, he'll drive around and document all of the victorian follies within a 30 mile radius so far so so normal but it takes a dark turn he then goes to hand out leaflets to sex workers before picking his favourite for half an hour of kisses and cuddles. Um, no mention on what the leaflets are. What it, leaflets do you reckon he's yeah. I mean, I had? I had presumed when it got to that point that these leaflets were going to be very much like, you don't have to do this, let me show you a better life, support for sex workers, something yes. along those lines. But it yeah. seems that it's basically, he's sort of advertising himself to sex workers? I don't really understand. It could could be some kind of information leaflet on Victorian Follies, perhaps. It's also that, I I don't know, I mean, it's it's the kissing and cuddling for 30 minutes in a car. It's just, it's it's so uncomfortable and unpleasant to think about. Um, And yeah, I would love to know what that that leaflet is saying. And then the idea of, like, (laughs) picking your favourite one... All from a man that's previously in the day been, you know, driving around the home counties looking at Victorian follies. I'm guessing that's what he'd open his chat with. And presumably if this is a regular perfect day for Ken Minsk, he, he must have covered all of the follies quite quickly. If he's not moving outside of the home counties area and he's doing a 30 mile radius every time, mm. the follies, might, you must, they must be sick of him. <laughs> he's very odd. Presumably, or he sticks, the, presumably he sticks to the home counties because if he goes any further afield, he'd have to find out where the local sex workers are. Whereas with yeah. the home counties, he already knows where to go. He's still in the catchment area. It's, uh, <laughs> it's very on brand for one of Alan's uh, callers or listeners though, isn't it? The, the, the slightly odd dark turn to it. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a nice bit uh, just following on from that where which we get with Alan a lot where he's trying to think of a word or a phrase and he's not got it quite right and you think that he's forgotten about it and he comes back way earlier in the episode a good sort of seven or eight minutes ago he was trying to remember the line that he'd written about Jock the dog uh, the the subject of his children's book and it was Jock you are the most something dog in the world Um, I mean there were kind of a few jokes there one is that clearly when he's talking about Jock he's really talking about himself um, and and his and how charitable he is Um, and he says that he's convinced the word he can't think of Jock you are the most something dog in the world he's convinced it starts with a P uh, but it turns out that it's benevolent (laughs) (laughs) Um, so at this point Alan is um, back on the mic and he has a lisp and it transpires that he basically uh, chinned himself on the the wet floor and he's lost a tooth (laughs) and now has uh, a fat lip so one can only imagine uh, what that must look like so we we probably uh, seen I guess what it looks gonna... like on uh, this time really haven't we <laughs> exactly so i guess it's a cautionary tale if you are going to do a flotation tank at home please exercise caution um, and also perhaps a little uh, gag on behalf of the writers and coogan about uh, audible's ruthlessness in terms of when uh, content is due to them because he's had to turn this episode into audible and that's why he's had to finish the episode with a split lip rather than being able to wait for it to heal amazon will not wait for your injuries to heal basically <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good point i hadn't thought about that yet <laughs> Um, so that's the end of his trip to the spa we're on to episode 17 which are not to spoil too much is not only the longest episode but i would say perhaps the most poignant of the series yes i think so yeah certainly the most poignant episode of anything that opens with the line there's a few trees over there and some over there and a dead sheep (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I did enjoy um, uh, Alan talking about uh, all of the different air qualities and likening likening them to bottled water. So Norfolk is blessed with being Fiji water, which is probably one of the most high end bottled waters that you can you can buy. Yeah, that's, that's premium bottled water, isn't it? It's up there, isn't it? Yeah, uh, the home county is very much the Perrier. Uh, Sussex he described as the as the Budwar, Budwar. which I'm, I don't know I what that admit. one is. No, yeah, I I wasn't familiar with uh, with that, um, and. Uh, 
Buxton is is Buxton. That's Biggers. you probably take that. Uh, Adam in Bristol, you are Volvic, which again I think you you take that. You're you're a premium bottled water. I um, mean, yeah. Well, I don't know. I think Volvic is Volvic is very much supermarket water at this at this stage, isn't it? You're not going to well, be served just, that in a restaurant. Just be grateful you're not Manchester, because <laughs> <laughs> they are very much tap. Um, he spends a good few minutes explaining how breathing works here, doesn't he? Which I thought was not a, bit a fan yeah. of this. Not a oh, fan really? of this bit. Oh, no. I, just, I thought it was so I liked good. it because because it's. No, I, it didn't didn't do much for me. But I, I like when he goes I on think... these kind of weird tangents. When it again, again, it's one of these things where somehow the explaining the process of breathing and what the lungs do is suddenly it's like some kind of Hollywood action film. Yeah, and I I I, I know that there's been some of these where. Um, You've sometimes said, Tom, uh, Stab, that you're less of a fan of them. And I think on half of them, I agree with you. And I think on half of them, I don't. I think this is one where I wouldn't uh, agree because I think this is really good. So when he's talking about, you know, breathing in oxygen, breathing out carbon, and then when he talks about breathing in the city, and it's like carbon monoxide, bits of dirt, diesel fumes, someone's BO. Uh, I just thought, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, yeah, I love that line. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Uh, we, we learned that he's been cooped up of late, which I thought was quite a kind of a lucky coincidence for listeners because this was all recorded pre-COVID. So at least this kind of ties it to mm. the current world situation. Um, and there are increasing references to his troll, which I guess as we're coming towards the end of the series sort of indicates the, the route, the narrative route that we're kind of gently mm. being led down throughout the whole of the Oast House. So Alan says that he likes to cover his laptop camera with gaffer tape. Has anyone got the reason why he does that? Well, essentially, we learned that Alan's been walking around his house uh, with nothing below below the waistline, um, so no trousers or pants because he's enjoying air, getting air to his genitals. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, that kind of reminds me of the... um, uh, bit in i partridge where he says that on christmas mm. day he likes to walk around or like pomp around in a just a dressing gown listening to yeah yeah that kind of reminded me of that he quite often likes to state that he likes walking around his house either in a state of undress or semi-undress and he also told us that he likes <laughs> sleeping without trousers on as well so uh, yeah. there's a nice bit of uh, perhaps uh, alan yes coogan no where he says he uses the guardian to put down if he wants to pop his genitals yes. down so rather than mark any surface he'd rather just rest his balls on a copy and of the guardian ended up getting a crick, <laughs> a crick in his neck and a print of alistair darling on his backside <laughs> print of alistair darling on my backside um now that is very similar to the kind of access to dixon's cadence in mm. his voice and the delivery but um always funny still always enjoy that um, we learn it's been at least a year since Alan saw a sexy film um, and he goes on to describe Benny Hill as well as basically being a series of sexual assaults speeded up to jaunty music. <laughs> I, <laughs> Jesus, I Benny, what, you're going to ruin your career. Yeah. Say, I, Benny, <laughs> Benny, Benny, what are you doing? I think that is brilliant when he's, when he's talking about confessions of window cleaners saying, oh, it's a long time since I've seen one. At least a year. It's kind of, it, it's such an obvious <laughs> yeah. gag, but also it's brilliant. You'd, th- you'd think he's going to say, yeah, I haven't watched one since like the 80s or something, but it's been at least a year. It reminds me a bit of the pregnant pause where he's counting out the eggs he puts mm, in Seldom's mm. pan of eggs when he's like 10, 11, 12, 
13, yeah. 14, yeah. and two more make 16. <laughs> I guess that's quite, an, that's quite um, an easy gag to do when you're just playing with the audio format as well, that kind of pregnant pause that leads on to something else. Yeah. Yeah, couldn't have been done in the novels, yeah. I suppose, which is why they've used yeah. it quite a bit. Now they've got to audio only. Um, there's another Doc Martens reference. We had one earlier in the series with, with him conflating the idea yeah. of wearing Doc Martens with basically being a hardcore punk. Um, but then uh, he realised that uh, it's actually he's actually referring to it because he's been enjoying Doc Martin with Martin Clunes. I thought so. I, th- I thought it's kind of interesting. So because we did discuss the Doc Martens thing, that was episode six, school speech, when he says, "Get back in your box, copper." Oh, don't know where that came from. It must be the Doctor Martin shoes I'm wearing. It's kind of interesting that that then doesn't get referenced again uh, until episode seventeen. So I wonder. I'd, I'd, I'd be really interested to know whether they they were always planned to be in this order. These episodes, not that something like him wearing Doctor Martens is like a massive payoff that really does anything to the narrative but it is just interesting how it's such a throwaway reference in episode six but then we have quite a significant segment about it in episode 17 i think we know enough about the gibbons writing style to know that it moves and shifts Mm, and changes and there probably are a couple of gags that suffer as a result of the movement so i wouldn't be surprised if it's maybe something like that Mm. i was also going to say like uh, sort of related to this is to kind of like you know he's wearing Doc Martin's uh, he's watched Doc uh, Martin the show it reminded me of kind of you know um, I think it's in this time when he talks about um, Seal and Ice Pups he's like I, I can't remember why I thought of Seal and he goes ah I can't remember why when he's talking about the Ice Pups and the music of Seal yeah. just linking those two things together I can very much imagine Alan you know it's watching Doc Martin's and then it's buying Doc Martin's very literal thinking <laughs> yeah yeah, because yeah, the, the key line is that he's suddenly got an urge to buy them. But as, like you say, as we know, he's already worn them earlier in the series. So that does kind of suggest, is he saying buy them for the first time or is he saying buy another pair? I guess it's kind of open to interpretation or maybe, yeah. Does it suggest that the episodes were originally in a different order or whether this is just a clip or a section that has been moved around? I guess that, yeah, a whole that's episode? an interesting point because I, 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 I guess there are quite a few sections that could actually go into almost any episode. And in fact... The, the next bit I have in my notes is when Alan's talking about eggs, and I actually thought that would have fitted in quite well into the Dreams episode where Alan's talking mm. about eggs. So it's almost like, you know, did, did the Gibbons and Steve have, like, a whole page of kind of egg chat and just split it across a few different episodes or something? They, they, could, they could work it like that. <laughs> or yeah. Alan, or sorry, or Steve just kind of riffs on egg chat and then mm. they kind of... <laughs> Um, so yeah, he's got his Doc Martens on. He even rolled his jeans up. He's got that punk rock spirit, uh, and he says basically, basically, he's like he didn't do anything too crazy, but he did go on the grass at Hampton Court Palace. I mean, so the <laughs> fact the fact he's even at Hampton Court Palace, you know, rules him firmly out of punk category here. Um, and it almost made me. I mean, this is perhaps an obscure reference outside of the host of this podcast, but it made me think a bit about um, the episode of Nevermind the Buzzcocks that Donnie Tourette's on, <laughs> and he lights lights up a fag to sort of illustrate his punkness, and then you've got Simon Amstel going, Donnie is smoking. Now, yeah. a cigarette a rebel. that you can legally <laughs> buy in shops. <laughs> uh, I, I think we should uh, dig out that clip and post it on our socials because that is fantastic. Always, yeah. always happy to share yeah. that post. Um, so, <laughs> share that video. Yeah, the other points that Alan makes about uh, having the punk rock spirit, but he but he won't be spitting or saying vulgar things about royals. But then it transpires he will say rude things about Henry VIII. I really enjoyed this bit of script here when he says he's an awful man. Keep it in your pants, fatty. Not you. Morning. Just passed a fat man there. Good that he's out walking though. I thought that was so good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, he then goes for a relaxing lean on, on his mate Chris's gate which I like he goes I'll text him later hi Chris leaned on your gate and, and after he's dispatched that text I think we're on to more egg chat um, so yeah like I was saying it f- felt like this is quite a good companion piece to Alan talking about the delivery of fresh eggs in the dreams episode um, so for Alan th- this is one of the small issues that he has to deal with in life that he believes you shouldn't refrigerate eggs and also the same applies to tomatoes. Um, I was curious I, as to whether, um, sorry, I was curious as to whether this was something that you, Tom Stapp, would enjoy because it's one of those kind of like laboured, detailed like jokes where he's going into quite a lot of detail. So I was curious as to whether this was one that you enjoyed or perhaps less of a fan of. 
No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not for me. I mean, thought, if anything, uh, I'm consistent. I thought. Yeah. I thought if it was to do with, to do with uh, condiment and egg storage, that it might be more up your alley. But no, sadly not. Well, um, Tom, Tom does famously I, hate eggs. So, uh, I mean, it, fa- famously, yeah. it is fa- I, I, I famously hate eggs. Why is my hate, hate, hate hatred not famous? Uh, we're the egg hate brothers. Yeah, you've not been uh, as, as vocal as vocal of it as Tom. I has, haven't yeah. been as vocal. No, no, I don't go to the support we, groups. And I haven't taken part in any of the do protests. Do we need to run a poll with our listeners? Do you like eggs? Yes or no? Well, the answer is going to be overwhelmingly yes. I understand that I am in the minority here when it comes to egg hatred. It's just although fifty percent of the group. Yeah, in this so case. maybe you're not. Yeah. Right, Nick. Yeah, Nick, maybe. Set up the poll. Make it happen. I should um, make it so. There's a brilliant audio, audio, <laughs> audio. There's a brilliant audio gag um, at this point that I wonder if anyone else noticed that when he's reading, uh, he's sort of giving his argument and, and facts about eggs and the different temperatures and the percentage chance of, of an increase in bacteria and things like that. He reads it out quite eloquently, and then you hear just the very faint sound of the scrunching of a piece of paper at the end, which makes it obvious that all of that information he's just read off something <laughs> that he's printed or written down. He didn't, he didn't know it. He he actually took it out with him read it and then you just hear him scrunch up the paper and throw it away when he's finished yeah, talking very good uh, as he says a chilled egg is not a safe egg and then he goes straight <laughs> on to the directly related uh, Greg Wallace yeah I was say, speaking, <laughs> speaking of eggs it's Wallace chat um, now I would say that I would say that I'm slightly surprised Wallace hasn't been targeted by Partridge beforehand because yeah. it does seem yeah. like the perfect person for Alan to have some sly digs at. Big sort of character in a big popular program. Yeah, um, yeah he, he, he's he, he is perfect. Alan Especially Potter, when you've got the likes of Nick Knowles and Dom Littlewood. He's a shoe. Yeah. I was going to say he's kind. He's he's kind of the the kind of almost like um, more up to date incarnation of a Dom Littlewood because Dom Littlewood isn't yeah. really much represented now. Whereas I think hopefully I speak for most people when you're like, how is Greg Wallace a mainstream presenter on TV? <laughs> I I just gen- genuinely do not understand anyone that that sees any kind of appeal in him. But hey, the BBC clearly do. But Nick, both you and I religiously watch MasterChef. Oh, I'm still watching. Oh God, yeah, I'll always watch I it. I love MasterChef so it's much. So it's good. the best. <laughs> I, I enjoyed Alan's gripe here. So why does Greg Wallace get to drive a better Vauxhall than uh, than him? Uh, and particularly descripting uh, to, like the kind of repetition. Genuinely, why is that? I want to know why that is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he was told, wasn't he, at the dealership that celebrities can only go up to a certain mm. make or model uh, for, for a discount or a freebie. But then it turns out that Greg has been granted a, a better model than Alan, and that's really stuck in his craw. Um, so is it time to move on to uh, Alan, who uh, goes out into the countryside with his big notebook uh, to ponder the big issues? Uh, he talks about how he might one day donate this um, book to the <laughs> British Library, or just a library, yep. anyone that will yeah. take it, but ideally the British Library. Um and then, and then basically goes on to tell us about how one of the pages just has a doodle of a Draclia, uh, so a nice kind of like callback to Draclia, um, with a big head and blood dribbling from his teeth. So it's a, it's a big head and a small man's body, and you just think, would the British Library really have any interest in this? And please don't forget that there is also a drawing of a naked woman. It is quite tasteful, and then he says, this one is reclining, this one is on all fours. <laughs> I think it's worth... Uh, making the point as well so because alan's been talking about these kind of issues so like the 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 eggs and tomatoes being in the fridge being a small issue greg wallace getting to drive a bigger uh, better car than him is a medium-sized issue he does say that because he deals with all these things all these thoughts there are there's no time left to deal with the big issues so just kind of a real suppression (laughs) of uh, the proper anxiety and stress inducing problems that he has um, we've also glossed over the fact that he's planning to give Lynn power of yes. attorney. Uh, he says, our oh, power of attorney, Lynn, she'll love that. <laughs> she'll absolutely love that. You're saying he's not dealing with any big issues here. I would well, he, argue I've a strong that. counter that. to that. A, a strong counter. Well, no, okay, yeah, so good point. Yeah, he does say he's not dealing with some big issues, but he does ask two big questions. Imagine a, well, not a question, a <laughs> statement. Imagine a world without Costa Coffee and why are doors called doors? Yeah, I, love, I love that with imagine a world without Costa Coffee, he follows it up by... Not very nice, is it? Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, he says of that concept, some ideas go nowhere, but that's a good one. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it reminded me, uh, kind of, it reminded me of the uh, Blackbird 
Goodbrook mm-hmm. uh, song where it's like, what would life be without Tesco's? What would life be without trees? Like Worse. that kind of like... Better. <laughs> yeah, better. <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and I like that he, he does a thing that basically I think probably everyone's done at, at some point, which is to just overthink the pronunciation of a word until it's kind of yeah, lost all meaning and he's become untethered with reality. And he's like, why are doors called doors? Mm. Doors. Doors. <laughs> Doors, doors for ages. The other one's fridge yeah. as well, which yeah. I agree with. I, I actually tried that one. It does go a bit. I've de- I've definitely done this. What Alan? I think I think a lot of people. I like do. I like I that when he does have. this as well. He's like, oh no, I don't like that. <laughs> he's really unsettled himself <laughs> with it. Um, the other bit I liked in the diary is when he reads out, and there's this bit here: uh, boat shoe, boot show, boot show, boat show. Not sure what that was about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably I mean, the boat show that you went to in southampton yeah. or was meant to go to in southampton exactly um and he says of, of, i can't remember the group he's referring to but he says people say they were thieves but so was robin hood in fact i think he was prince yeah. of them so again getting, <laughs> getting all of his facts and ideas from hollywood films basically and also kind of it's that thing and i think we've we've had this a few times in this series um he seems to think robin hood is definitely uh, a historical figure i think there's a bit of dispute about that he seems to conflate factual and fictional people. Mm. Is it time to meet Morris? Yeah. I think it's time to discuss Morris. He's injured. Where's your mum, mate? He's <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this basically, I think, you know, what transpires between the rest of this episode and the rest of the next, oh, sorry, the whole of the next episode is basically Alan is just kind of clinging onto some kind of regular company and he's looking for some purpose and finds it in the process of trying to heal uh, poor injured Morris. So, yeah, this is where we move in, start moving into the poignancy that Adam refer- mm. referred to earlier. Although I would argue that his initial response to finding Morris is more that he's glad that he's found a use for the nest of old cables and wires that he's got at home. <laughs> it seems it will, make, it will make a great nest, even though it's basically made out of plastic. I also like that he felt the need to reassure Morris that the house is quite big and it's all on sweets. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> as if he's going to be making yeah. any use of these facilities. Quite big because I work in television. I thought that was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then digging back into the fact that he gets most of his information about how to behave and how to act from films, he says to Morris the bird, "Come with me if you want yeah. to live." Always wanted yeah. to say that. So good. Um, so Morris is sitting uh, when, when Morris gets to the host house. Uh, he seems to basically take up perch on uh, the uh, memoir by on the memoir of ian duncan smith now i don't think ian duncan smith actually has published a memoir i did a bit of searching and couldn't find evidence of that however he has published a fiction novel uh, in i thought you say a children's (laughs) book (laughs) yeah (laughs) so in 2003 he published a book called the devil's tune uh it has uh only achieved a two out of five star rating on amazon may i please share with you some of my favorite one star reviews oh yes do it okay a truly terrible book utterly devoid of merit written by a truly terrible person utterly devoid of merit apart from that it was fine (laughs) uh pure and utter tripe not even any good as toilet paper and i had to perform brain surgery on myself to delete this novel from my head a major contender for the most incoherent dull predictable mess of a novel ever foisted on a long suffering public bonus information went down a bit of a rabbit hole here did you guys know also boris johnson published a novel in 2005 I literally just saw that because I'm right. on the Amazon profile for mm. page for The Devil's Tune and it saw customers who bought this item also yeah, bought. So, so it's called 72 Virgins and so we can move on. I'll just give you my favourite one star review of this book. Oh dear, poorly written and a bit racist. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Not my words, the words yeah. of somebody on Amazon. Yeah. There we go. Um, so, so Alan has a nice bit of chat about Ian Duncan Smith's autobiography, uh, saying that you know, although Alan's, although Morris is sitting on it, has uh, he seems to have no interest in it, much like many people. Perhaps magpies are not that different from you and I, after all, which I enjoyed. I love that he he kind of draws parallels between the two of them. He's like, you know, you're vulnerable. You'll show them one day, Morris. You'll show them you're nobody's fool. One day you will soar. You really are a good television presenter. <laughs> yeah, so good. You won't be silenced. Still up there. I, I like this like, gradual transition from him talking to Morris to essentially yeah. coaching himself out loud. Like, he converts Morris to himself. 
I feel like this is the scene that, that really is telling us what this entire series is about. You know, if there is an overriding theme, it's it's Alan kind of trying to convince himself, but also sort of deluding himself that he's that he's really happy mm. when he clearly is very lonely. Um, and a lot of it is about is about dating and it's about connection with other people. And it's eventually it's about connecting with any any living thing he can find. Especially um, his his grandpa his grandkids as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And 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 kind of dismissing um, or, or, or downplaying like the need for therapy yeah. and trying to do meditation but doing it badly and relaxing at a spa but not being able to relax and like just kind of not being able to get out of his and own there, way. There also several times when he when he's basically saying I've decided to be cheerful today. So yeah, this is this is basically the audio memoir of a man who's severely depressed. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it seems that way. Um to the point that he now wishes to believe that Morris is actually John <laughs> Meber. Um which gets yeah. very confusing. This is cl- this is clutching at straws as well. Like, like this is this is definitely a man losing his mind. He's like, is he is he is he a messenger from John, or perhaps it's John himself? So uh, I definitely think it's descending into. Oh madness. yeah, I mean that's definitely backed up by the fact that the food that he uses to try and coax him out because Morris has gone off and hid somewhere is seeds from the top of a seeded loaf, cucumber in case they like cucumber, a saucer of milk, and a lit cigarette. There's, yeah, the cigarette <laughs> really made me laugh. Brilliant. Oh, I love that they're watching they're watching Formula One together as well. He's like, I'm watching Formula One with Morris sat on the arm of the chair. Like, what is going through Morris's mind? And whilst well, this doesn't actually kind of resolve itself in in any way, shape, or form, but I, I did I was concerned throughout this that Seldon would make more of an appearance and there would be a bit of a bloodbath. So there is a slight concern that Alan, I guess, m- maybe has to kind of dispose of Morris because he's he's not very he's he, he's quite hurt and, and may not recover. So I have a question to the group: <laughs> Has anyone had to dispose of a bird that maybe a cat has brought into the house? And please go into detail on how you did it, Adam. Let's yes. start with you. Hello. Yes, uh, my cat once mauled a starling, I believe, uh, not entirely to death, but certainly to the brink of death. And we had a very heated conversation on the monkey tennis. What WhatsApp group about about what fate should befall this I would say mortally wounded bird <laughs> so uh, ultimately I compromised by wrapping it up in a tea towel so that Still it was alive. warm yeah and putting it uh, putting it on a bird table out of the cat's reach to try and recover uh, I went out half an hour later and retrieved its corpse uh, pop pop that in the bin and that was the end of that <laughs> popped it in the bin I'm so pretty sure is... one of you suggested taking it to the vet. Take him to the vet. I won't get him back. Yeah, that's very much um, uh, what most people on Twitter are saying. So well, one guy says, bin it. Which is the advice uh, that Adam heeded. Yeah. yeah, that's that's Adam, That's what Adam would do. I love the fact that one guy just says, get another one and breed them. Yeah. It's just like, you know, profiting not, from, not you even, know. Not even that. I think his phrasing was was more sinister. It was get another make one and them make breed. them breed. Um, there, there is one detail which we've skipped over, uh, which ties in when Alan lit the cigarette for Morris. So the cigarettes were left by the dog groomer because she left the house yes. after a blazing row about crafts. So does this mean that the relationship with the dog groomer that has been developing throughout this series, that is now over? Does it also mean if she's left her fags in the house that it's the end of a... Uh, oh, he had a, he had a year previous to the dog groomer with somebody who he didn't have yeah. sex with. Yes, presumably he has now slept with the dog groomer on the third date for these fags to be around his house in the first place. I'd assume so. And there's, uh, I think, in the last in the final episode, there's a bit of chat about uh, two coffee cups out in the morning. But we'll, we'll get to that as well. Yeah, Adam refers to a number of programs and films where uh, a person uh, has some sort of relationship with a, a bird, or uh, I think some people suggest some on Twitter. Um, one is obviously. Kez, which he pronounces Kess, yeah. which I thought was quite fun. Um, <laughs> yes, and another one that someone suggested on Twitter to him was Birds of a Feather, which I liked because he said it's not relevant, it's a comedy. Well, at least it's listed in the Radio Times as a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> a nice dig there. Um, and then High Noon tweets, uh, obviously the recurring troll, um, but he's taken a bit of a turn and it seems that he actually loves magpies. Uh, he's trying to help Alan and quite a sort of cordial conversation emerges. Uh, at this point, someone had suggested this to us on Twitter, but I did think it myself at this point. Could it have been that High Noon was actually Bill Oddie? Well, let, let's see what ah. uh, let's see what transpires next week. Let's not... Yeah. Yeah. Give that give that that game away. But yeah, I I love how sure. this plays out. That you've got Alan kind of reading out his tweets, which are obviously he's High Noon is giving him useful tips, solid kind of magpie or bird knowledge. <laughs> but then Alan's kind of giving 
this narration which is totally opposite to that so saying this guy just can't help himself oh hang on here we go all right all right two can play at that game thank you i really love the kind of dichotomy of that yep yep there's definitely a change in tone there isn't there and uh, just for the end of the episode alan uh makes a distinction between uh disabled pirates who are good and somali pirates who are not good um i again i think as from what we know about alan probably his only knowledge of somali pirates would have come from watching captain yeah, phillips 100%. Um, yeah. i don't think that he has got any further intel on that um and we learn that seldom has been locked out of the room that morris is in to avoid the bloodbath that nick was fearing um one line i really enjoyed is that he says of seldom he has to learn other people matter even if they're birds now there are three people in that in that situation there's seldom a, well, there's seldom a dog and then there's Morris a bird and Alan's, Alan's phrase is he has to learn other people matter so I mean I, I suppose it kind of feeds into what we're talking about that he's so starved for attention and he's sort of quite lonely that he's now kind of what's the word anthropomorphizing if I can say that uh, yeah. about yeah. about both Morris yeah, and exactly. Seldom transplanting personalities onto them seeing them as people imagining them kind of having conversations with each other and that yeah, sort of and thing I, I, pretty much every time Seldom is talked about in this series he he he's very humanized isn't he and it, like we've talked about he basically run, runs the household anyway <laughs> yeah yeah and things like him giving up his bath and saying it's, it's your now, bath yeah. and and believing that um that rather than seldom reacting to the word spam if he says no spam <laughs> that seldom will understand that <laughs> distinction and, and then not be excited by the word spam anymore um yeah yeah very funny I ha- um i was gonna say i had one go one on. more note before we probably wrap up um when Alan's getting the Twitter suggestions back about what to do with the magpie and the last one about taxidermy and he says that's a bit off beam, he then says, I, I love this because it's just, it's such a throwaway line, but it kind of says so much about when we always talk about the kind of his listenership. Um, he says it reminds him of when he did a phone in about refugees and people sent in things like closed door. It's such a throwaway line, but it tells you a lot about who his listeners are, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. And yeah, it's crucially, not just uh, North Norfolk Digital listeners, but the condensed listeners that are just fans yeah. of Alan. Um, so yeah, that brings us to the end of uh, Morris's rescue. Um, and we're almost at the end of the series. So to let you know how Monkey Tennis is going to go over the next few weeks, next week we're going to tackle episode 18, High Noon, and then tell you a little bit about our thoughts uh, of from the Oast House in general. And then following that, we would love to hear from you. Uh, so send us in your feedback and we'll be putting together a very special feedback episode. What would a series of Monkey Tennis be without you, our listeners? So please do let us know what you think about from the Oast House and any Partridge news or tidbits in general. General. Uh, on Instagram, you can get in touch at Monkey Tennis Pod. On Twitter, at The Partridge Pod. Facebook.com slash The Partridge Pod. You can email The Partridge Pod at gmail.com. Uh, you can send us a WhatsApp voice note on 07923 uh, Please do email or voice note us your renditions of the From the Oast House theme tune, and we'll be compiling some of those towards the end of the series as well. Um, and if you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do consider either dropping us the price of a cup of coffee at ko-fi.com slash monkey tennis or giving us a good review on iTunes, well, Apple podcast as it is now or any other podcast providers uh, because it does help us reach more people and bump us up the charts too so we'll be back with the tantalizingly titled high noon next week Uh, but for now from all of us at monkey tennis the alan partridge fan podcast thanks and goodbye goodbye and this is the beauty of podcasting the freedom of the medium monkey tennis bring bring fireworks Stomach about. Trees are my pawn. Monkey tennis. Ready, steady, fuck off. Scratch me! Are you being served? Monkey tennis. Excuse me, your dog's taken my dog's stick. With a chuckle, with a chuckle. Monkey tennis. Yep, absolutely. Yep, 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 absolutely. Generally, I think new ideas are bad. Monkey tennis. Why not consider chips? You must come and stay in the barn. Fuck off. Riddle me that, you nutters. Nothing refreshes like an ice cold glass of milk. Nah. Monkey tennis. Rum. The Oast House. Keep it down, love. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash 
Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.